the degree that he was able to challenge people is the same degree that he was willing to suffer for people. Welcome back to the Ordinary Discussions podcast. I am your co-host, but today I'm the host. I get to be the host today, Aaron Rayford, and I'm excited today because we have a special guest with us who we connected with in a very unique and special way, and I'm excited to tell you more about that, but let me just tease a little bit about Cyril Chavis Jr. He's a devoted husband father, and a pastor of Reformed University Fellowship. It's a college campus nonprofit that's focused on embracing Christ, entering the church, engaging the campus, and entering careers for the students of this ministry. We'll hear more about. And he's also written a book and a teaching tool called The Bible Explained, which is a student's guide to understanding their faith. I know when I was a student, that would have been a very useful tool for me. And so we're excited to hear from him. But before we get into that, please don't forget to like, follow, share, subscribe, rate the podcast. Guys, as we continue to talk about how to be disciples, making disciples, we want other people to be able to hear that too. And so when you do that, uh, that helps us to extend that message. Um, So thank you for being here. And without further ado, guys, let's do this. Yeah. Cyril, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, connect with us and and share a little bit about about yourself with us. Man, Aaron, it is a joy to be here. Thank you for the invite, man. I'm excited. Yeah, man. uh, We were discussing just a little bit before how it came about that that you were on the show. And uh, I actually happened to just be kind of looking around kind of the uh, discipleship uh, ministry type uh, area of Instagram. And I came across some videos that you have posted and you're, you're pretty active on there. Um, and, and I was just drawn to the authenticity in which you were speaking about some things. I was like, man, what is going on with this guy? Um, a a guy that is not afraid to stand on the word of God. And even when that's a tough conversation and that really, that really stood out to me. Um, so I'd love to hear more about you and just tell us a little bit about you and, and what makes you you and what God's doing right now. Yeah, man. Well, hey, I appreciate that encouragement. Yeah, man. I, yeah, on Instagram, I try and make these videos for my students. And I know my students are on Instagram and TikTok and they'll send me videos like, hey, sir, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And I would, you know, text message them back, replies to what I thought about other videos. So I said, mm. you know what? Why not just start making my own video? So yeah, for I sure. I try to stay active on there and just kind of get the word of God out. As, in as many ways as I can. I love it. Um, but about myself, so I'm Cyril Chavis Jr. I am from Virginia Beach, Virginia. I grew up, spent most of my life in Virginia Beach, even though I was born in Silver Spring, lived in Houston for a little bit, lived in Italy at a certain point because my dad was in the Navy. But I grew up in a Christian home, was baptized when I was about 11, and went away to college at the University of Virginia. And was just while in my first year, basically. and God kind of like had to check me a little bit, kind of punched me in the chest a little bit and said, like, hey, man, (laughs) where are you at? And uh, I just decided that, man, like all of my idols, they always over promise and under deliver. Oh, yeah. They over promise and under deliver. So, uh, you know, I don't know exactly when I was like born again or converted, but I just know like my freshman, the end of my freshman year, beginning my sophomore year of college is really when I started to pursue the Lord heavily. Hmm. So I joined a campus ministry. I joined an InterVarsity chapter there. 
just really grew in my faith and quickly discerned a call to ministry. So I was debating going to uh, plant a church with my friends or going to seminary and decided to go to seminary. So I moved down to Jackson, Mississippi to go to Reformed Theological Seminary. Okay. Met my wife there halfway through. And um, I have three kids. I have I currently have a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. Um, I love them, man. They're, they're a lot of fun, but also exhausting. Mm-hmm. And so I did campus ministry at Jackson State down there while I was in seminary and a little bit after seminary. And then I did, and then in 2019, moved up to D.C. to begin an RUF chapter at Howard University. So that's that's where I'm at now. And that, that catches us up to speed. That was like... That was like the whole journey in a nutshell. You're like, how do I let me get these cliff notes out? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, man, this is such a long story. I'm going to try and just, yeah. Wow. Speed, like speed through it, give you all the 30,000 foot view. Wow. That's great. So, uh, so coming up in the church, like, did you, did you kind of, do you feel like you became saved in that time frame? But then when you, when you were in college, that's when you, you really made your faith like yours, like really owned it. Or do you feel like you actually, uh, really made a decision as a as a college student. Yeah, man, I think about that a lot. Um, and I guess the answer is I really don't know. You know, <laughs> Jesus kind of in in John three, he talks about being born again and yeah. how it's a mysterious process, and God sovereignly does this, and He does it at the moment we believe in Jesus, we place our trust in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also know that there's different kind of stages to the journey of placing your trust in Jesus. There's a yes. part where you become curious and there's even stages where we would call ourselves Christians maybe and be really in proximity to Jesus, but may not be all the way there. Mm-hmm. Um, like really not throwing ourselves upon him and really resting and receiving him fully for our salvation. Not just saying, you know, I believe he's going to get me into heaven. He forgives my sins, but truly leaning on him and depending mm. on him and walking with him. Yeah. But there's also the also added com- complexity of like, you can be a genuine Christian, but have dark seasons and rough moments and rough seasons. And there, the spirit is still in you like a flickering uh, flame that mm-hmm. isn't yet dows and God comes and blows on it and that restores us and revives us so yeah all that to say like i don't know but (laughs) (laughs) all of that to say i don't know man don't ask me i'm just here (laughs) right so i was baptized when i was like 11 and i officially became a a christian like a part of god's people yeah but when i was born again like i would if me and god talked about it in heaven and and he god was like when would you guess cyril i'd probably be like man like the summer of my freshman year you tell me i don't know like (laughs) right i'm here here, lord like that's that's literally all it is a guess god i made it so (laughs) exactly that's great (laughs) Yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm similar to you. I grew up in the church. Um I said like I found out about Jesus like at five years old. I was in the uh do you know what's uh what is it called? Royal Rangers. Do you know what Royal Rangers is? No, I haven't heard of it. What is it? Royal Rangers was basically like in the nineties, like the Christian spinoff of like Boy Scouts. Okay. And like all of the churches would have like their own outpost. So like it was militant. It was like learning to, to like be a man of God, be a leader, memorizing scripture. And you graduated through different things. So like the first is like you're a straight arrow, right? And then mm-hmm. you're a buccaneer and then you're a pioneer and then you're like you go on and on. Okay. 
Cool. And so I'm like five years old memorizing scripture, Psalm 23. <laughs> so what does that mean, militant? Candy. Like, because I'm thinking well, about so a like, five-year-old, like, you know, <laughs> in yeah, this super well, intense program. It's like, it's like, well, okay. So militant because, all right, one of the things that they would do is bring all the classes together and we'd be out in the parking lot. I have a vivid memory of this and it's like deep core, like memory. And we're all at attention out there. And then they're like, attention. And you get it and you're in your uniform and, uh, the commander would be like, outpost 127, fall in. And we'd be like, Shoop. yes, sir. Oh, yeah. And then we'd be like, um, <laughs> ready, ready for anything, ready to work, play, serve, obey, worship, live, etc." And I'm oh. like, it's like, it's in there. And I'm, I, to this day, I'm like, why the et cetera? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm just about to say that. Like, anything. <laughs> Anything you want us to do, Lord, we're here in Jesus' name. Like it was, uh-huh. it was a lot. But uh, I was five years old when I first heard like that message, and I remember like being like, "Oh heck yeah, Jesus! Like do that for me, I'm in." Mm-hmm. So I, I said the prayer with the commander. I remember telling my parents when we were leaving that day, like, "Hey, so I'm a Christian now, so that's what's up." Uh, obviously, there have been so many roller coaster rides on that journey of faith. Bible also talks about working out your salvation with fear and trembling, which like to me is like part of this relationship, part of this journey. It's like, it's not, it's not a get out of jail free card. It's a relationship. And the closer we get to Jesus, the more we get renewed and transformed. And that's been my story. The same as yours, the same as anyone else that's listening. But uh, that's cool to, to hear your beginnings and how God has kind of called you continue to call you fan that flame and now to see really dedicated in college and then now serving people who are maybe in that same place that you were have you kind of thought about that or how god kind of positioned you then to kind of relate to what you're doing now yeah i've thought about that i'm 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 wondering if i mean of course god's plan is always intentional but i'm just wondering if there's something there where i mean i had a really great experience growing up in my church growing up and then a great experience in campus ministry and Mm -hmm. I love the church and I love campus ministry and I just can't help but think that those two things affect that you know so man I remember just yeah when I was in in college I just really needed a group of Christians around me to just influence me and challenge me and pour into me and um have fun with me you know Mm -hmm. and that really became my community in college and so I just know how powerful it can be to, to, to find that community, that family on the college campus. And so it's just really cool to be able to uh, be able to give that or not, not necessarily give that, but um, be used by God to curate that for other people. And so it's just fun to hear students talk about how they make friends in mm-hmm. our ministry and how they uh, are reconnecting with the Lord, how they met Jesus for the first time. And it's just almost, it feels too good to be true. It's just like, man, for real? Mm-hmm. Like, God, you're doing that? Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And then I think about my own experiences like, yeah, you're doing that. You you did that in my life. So, yeah, it's 100%. an honor. And he's and he's faithful and he like continues to to show up. And I, I feel like the same way, like I can look back and see the things that I didn't necessarily know why I was going through it at the time. But he was preparing me for something that I'm doing now. And then the aha moment comes when you're like, wait a minute, if he was doing that then for something now, what is he doing right now? for what's going to come. And so yep. I get excited about that. 
Man, uh, yeah, that's crazy. You know, yeah, when, when you think about it that way, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about the the campus ministry or, or the the organization. Yeah, I think it's like Reformed University Fellowship. Um, yep. It sounds like in some of the stuff you've teased, it sounds like basically you guys are practicing some discipleship at that level where you are doing life together. You're doing intentional relationships, which is a big part of what we do is disciples making disciples based on Matthew 28, 19 and 20. We're to go and make disciples of every nation. And that's not like one person's calling. That's all of our calling. And so we are encouraging everybody to take an active role in that, not a passive role. And it seems like you um, kind of have a similar thing going on there. So I'd love to hear more about what that is and how that looks and what your format is. Yeah, man, I appreciate that question. Yeah, I mean, you said it like when Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, he gave that commission to the apostles and by extension, the church to go and make disciples. Hmm. And essentially, disciples are learners, like those who learn from Jesus, who are learning to obey Jesus. He told them to go and and teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. And so that's basically the work of our ministry, um, RUF Disciples Students. And discipleship, you know, is the task of, is, it really touches upon all that we do as a people, you know, uh, speaking of, speaking about God's people. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you think about how Jesus did discipleship, like you mentioned earlier, it was holistic. Like it was whole mm-hmm. life on life discipleship mm-hmm. where they, it wasn't just the, uh, the transference of information. They shared their lives together. Mm-hmm. So kind of when I think about discipleship, I think about three letters, T-D-O-E-E. And um, in RUF, we call it the learning process. And I'm sure like is, we didn't invent it. Like I'm, I'm sure we took it from InterVarsity or some other ministry or something like that. And it's just like something that floats around there in campus ministry. Mm-hmm. I call it Tito just to remember it. <laughs> T-D-O-E-E? Yep. Tito. Got it. Yeah. So, so I don't know if anyone in RUF calls it Tito. I might be the only one who who calls it. <laughs> That's just a serial but, thing. Right. Trademark. Tito. I'm just weird. I'm just weird like that. But like T stands for teach. So there's actually a transference of information, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the D is demonstrate. We actually have to share our lives with other people so that we can demonstrate what it means to know Jesus. Mm. And people can see our lives. They can be in our homes. They can hang out around us. They go to the movies with us. They sit and drink coffee with us in coffee shops. Mm. Observe, always observe. We're in other people's lives so that we can actually see God's work in their lives. Uh, the first E is encourage. Mm-hmm. We have to encourage them. We have to actually point out what God is doing in their life. It's like, it's like, Hey, you see that that's God. Like keep doing that. Keep mm. pressing into that. And the second E is evaluate. You have to give them critical feedback. It's like, Hey, that thing that you're doing right there, that's actually destroying you. And it's hurting the people around you. Like, yeah. you, like you, you, like you, you shouldn't do that if you want to live into the life of Jesus. Mm. And the key thing is that encourage is always before evaluate. Because if you're going to evaluate someone, you have to spend twice as much time encouraging them first. Mm. And I think that's the biggest thing that's a challenge for me is because I can be so tempted to think that people only grow when I correct them or point out their flaws. But it's just like, man, people grow powerfully when we encourage them and Mm -hmm. they need to know that we're on their team, like we're on their side, that we see what God is doing 
in order for us to actually um, show them that we're not their enemy. We're not just there to beat them down with criticism. We're actually, yeah. we love them and we see all the beauty in them. And now we've earned the place to evaluate them. So yeah, that's really kind of any, anything we do on campus is, is, is Tito-ing. So you like were, whether it's a social event, that. eating lunch at the cafeteria, like chatting on the yard, doing a Bible study, doing a worship night, whatever it is, like we're, mm. we're, we're doing one of those five things. Man, I love that. Which of those do you think is like the most challenging, you know, from a, from a execution standpoint, what is, where are the, the difficulties or the high challenge to try to like execute well? Yeah, man, I think that's a good question. For me, I think observing can be hard um, because it requires us to get out of our own comfort zone and out of our own rhythms and enter into the rhythms and the zone of someone else. Mm-hmm. And that can be uncomfortable. Um, we we want to do discipleship. Giving, yeah. yeah, we want to do discipleship in our spaces and, and on our terms. And mm. it has, I mean, that's good. It, it should be in our spaces at times, but also we got to jump into their lives and their rhythms to see them and know them because it's just so, it's neat and tidy to give them information and mm. just to like, you know, not actually know who they are. But when you actually know who they are, you're actually burdened by the things that burden them. Yeah. Um, you're actually uh, you're actually worried for them or you actually celebrate with them. You have to show up and be in their lives. If you're invested and they trust you with their lives, you have to steward that well. And so that can just be intimidating because it's such a such a beautiful thing. You don't want to you don't want to drop the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I yeah. think it can be intimidating and overwhelming, but such a beautiful wow. thing. Man, that's a good challenge. We um we have basically um ordinary men and ordinary women and we have people that can lead those groups typically smaller groups um and they go through a year typically or like a six month um intensive where um they're being led through each of the chapters and it's intentional relationship together pursuing god's word together and a lot of the things that you mentioned like are inside you know some of those chapters and the things that we that we touch on um but I hear like a good challenge in there, what you said for myself and for anyone else who has led or is leading. Like if you only do the teach part of the, of the Tito, right. And then, then people can get that anywhere, right. They can get that on Sunday morning. Right. Uh, they want to just be a passive listener to the pastor. They can get on YouTube. You know, they can listen to this podcast. Like, you can get teaching anywhere, but where real change and discipleship happens is when you do those follow-up steps and the observation is a good challenge. And what you said is like, you got to actually kind of give of yourself the way Christ did. And like you hear it multiple times with his disciples, man, like I've, I've shared this with you before. Like you still don't get this. Okay. Let me explain to you further. Yeah. Uh, Let me demonstrate to you further. Um, let me show you like different ways. And that required like doing life together, which is, you know, giving. And I think that's sort of what demonstrates, um, I think what God has done for us. And that is a place where you can really care for people and see people's lives changed or you can be used by God to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that's a great challenge, a great challenge. And we talk about in OM how, um, we're, one of our core values is like, uh, that we go over at, at, at the beginning is sort of like high challenge and high grace. And so mm-hmm. you can't really 
challenge someone without that other piece. Like you were saying, those last two E's reminds me of that high challenge to high grace. Cause yeah, like, that's good. I just come at you with challenge, but I don't have the relationship piece with mm. which I can know like, Hey, God's been doing something really special. And I see the way you've been leading this way, or you've been loving on someone in this yep. way, or you've been diligent in this way. You know, if I, if I don't have that piece, but I just come like, Hey man, you're looking kind of trashy. Like you're looking kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. No one, no one's really wired, um, you know, carnally to receive that well, even mm-hmm. he, nobody, nobody loves that. Right. But I mean, we're, we're told by God to, to receive that with humility, especially from a, from a brother or sister. But, um, I think that's that high challenge, high grace piece. And, and it's, it's out of the relationship that people are willing and able to see, um, what God has done in your life. And then, and then allow him to do that work in theirs too. So that's that's huge. I'm gonna remember that Tito, man, and, and that's good. I like that high challenge, high grace. Yeah, 100. Mm-hmm. percent Both of those have to go together. Yeah, and I know I can oftentimes forget the grace, like uh, when I challenge people, or sometimes we can uh, like twist grace and just say, "Oh, it's grace, it's grace, it's grace, it's grace," mm. but not challenge people and not push yeah. people into something deeper. We just where you fall into the temptation that we're just here to hang out and have fun and laugh. And Mm -hmm. I like you, you like me, but like, you know, we're just going to be, we're just going to do life together, but not actually challenge each other. So yeah, I definitely think that's a, that's a great pairing. High grace, uh, high, high challenge. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, here's the thing that I've been, um, and see, I'm, I'm like, because I'm, so I feel like I'm insecure about how to challenge people. I feel like sometimes I'm not a good challenger because <laughs> sometimes I'm just like too blunt or I'm just awkward or I just I'm not clear and it comes off wrong. Mm. So I shy away from challenging people. Um, and it, and I could just tell that people want to be challenged, like people mm. want to grow. People want what God has for them. And they're looking to their brothers or sisters in Christ or they're looking to their leaders, discipleship leaders to give that to them. And so I've just had to like, yes. I guess a vulnerability moment, maybe transparency moment. I just had to get over myself and just be like, man, like you, you got to let go of that fear of saying it wrong or like being mm-hmm. awkward or stumbling over your words. Like just, just love people and ask for grace as you're, you know, yes, uh, loving them. Like, Hey, like, I, like, I really don't want this to come off wrong. Cause I love you and I'm for you et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But here's something that I've noticed that I'm wondering if you've noticed, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, you know? So yeah. that's something I'm working on. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And and a lot of times it's like, there's a real danger there. If we're just listeners and we're just like, you know, oh man, that stinks. Or like, yeah, like if, if someone's going through some, some issue and we're just like, oh wow, that's really tough. That's really tough. Like, and we just kind of shy away from like bringing some of that truth or that challenge. Like that could be what like God uses to like when they, when their head hits the pillow that night and they're like, man, I really should give up this addiction, man. I really do need to do this. Cause like what this looks like five years from now, like I don't like the way that looks. Yeah. And um, I think God will give us the words to speak um, if we're doing that, you know, from a good place of a relationship. I have a friend that, uh, talked about relationships like like a bridge and the stronger the bridge the more truth it can handle like delivering that truth across to you You and i just met so if i'm all up in your business trying to tell you what you should be doing on day one like we don't have that strong of a bridge yet like i mean we're building it like it's it's under construction but you know 
uh, I wouldn't want to do that. But after a long time of knowing you and getting to know you and learning kind of the way that you think, and we both kind of have spent that time, that's a, that's a better place and a more secure place to bring some of those truth nuggets across that bridge to you for you to chew on. It's easier to receive. Um, and so I like that visual because otherwise, you know, that, that, that delivery will fall short or end up in the water. But, um, man, that's so good. I man, think it's, it, rem- it remind- go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of a nugget someone told me and uh, it was like several years ago and it has always stuck with me. They basically said kind of related to what you said, you see in Jesus life and ministry, the degree that he was able to challenge people is the same degree that he was willing to suffer for people. Oh, yes. Like yeah. he could say really hard things to people and challenge people because he was also willing to go the extra mile and suffer for them and love yeah. them through hell and high, through, through hell and high water and to uh, pour himself out for people. And it's just like the same thing. Like you, you can't challenge unless you have that relationship, unless you're invested in that relationship and are willing mm-hmm. to like what Jesus said that, um, the greatest love is laying your life down for your friends. Like mm. if you're not willing to lay your life down for someone, if you're not willing to sacrifice for someone, then it's just hard to be able to like challenge them in any meaningful way. But it's mm-hmm. like, Oh man, that person rocks with me. That person's for me. Like there's a bridge there. Like, yeah, you know, that person can challenge me. They, they, they could tell me whatever, you know, cause yeah. I, cause, yeah. I, cause I know, cause, cause I know they rock with me, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. There's people in my life that I can, I can remember. I, they demonstrated that to me in a way that was life-changing, you know, for me that otherwise, you know, if I didn't have some guys in my life that were speaking that truth to me and willing to really challenge me, um, but at the same time, support me while I was like falling, mm-hmm. um, like, I don't know where, I, I don't know where I would be. And I think about that when I'm, when I'm in relationship with other people now, I'm like, man, like that's such a demonstration of Christ, like giving, all right. It takes selflessness to be able to do that and demonstrates real love and real care. Um, I'm sure you have the same, do you have people that come to mind of, uh, leaders in your lives or people who kind of spoke things over you almost prophetically or like kind of were that for you, um, as you were like kind of transitioning into this, this ministry or this phase? Yeah, man. And that's one thing I, I look back, I was riding in the car the other day and I was just thinking, man, what has contributed to, cause I, I sincerely feel like I'm in a healthy, like I have a healthy ministry life. Mm-hmm. Um, like, of course I got problems and issues just like everybody, but I was like, okay, like I think I'm doing okay. And I think a big part of it is due to the people that God always places in my life to encourage me, to pour into me, mm-hmm. to be older brothers to me. And I was like, man, it really isn't about like, I've like unlocked some secret thing within myself. I just think God has graciously put people in my life. So mm-hmm. growing up, my, my childhood pastor, uh, Reverend Dr. Shelton Murphy, man, he's just always been super supportive. He uh, licensed me to preach when I was 21. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still in college at the time. And uh, always so, supports me in whatever I'm doing, invites me back home to to preach and mm. just keeps up with me. Um, uh, Reverend Albert McGowan is the same way. He, uh, I was an intern under him while he was, he was uh, leading the campus ministry at Jackson State and I was interning under him mm. and just learned a ton from him and was in his home and uh, 
walking me through different seasons where I needed a ton of wisdom and growth and just watching him was huge. Hmm. My parents, of course, like just learning from them. Um, they bought me my first Bible, first ones who taught me how to pray, first ones to bring me to church. Hmm. Um, and just, uh, you know, a, a whole bunch of older brothers, like uh, a, a good friend of mine here, Reverend Russ Whitfield. He's just like an older brother figure and can look look to him and learn from him, glean from him. I just called him the other day, yesterday, actually, and just called him was like, man, can we can we just like spend some time <laughs> talking about leadership like over the next several months? He's like, yeah, man, let's do it. Let's get some regular. Let's like hmm. go through a book together. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like people in my life like that, that are um, that are just there to be able to uh, do the process of iron and iron sharpening iron and people I could look up to. So I, I could I have a whole list of other people. You got a roster. Like yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, it, I'm really I feel like, dang, like, thank you, Lord. You know, because I, a lot of hmm. these people, I weren't I, I wasn't looking for them. You know, they, yes. they kind of. I mean, maybe a few of them, I would like bug them. And like, I know I actually, I take that back. A few of them, I definitely, I guess maybe all of them, I bugged them and like pursued them. <laughs> I know I think about it. I was that annoying young guy yes. who just wanted wisdom, but they graciously received my annoying uh, pursuit of them. Yeah. <laughs> and good. I'm sure if they were here, they would say, man, it wasn't annoying at all. Like we mm. love you and want to, wanted to see you thrive. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. We've talked man. about, um, there's, in in the entire journey of life there's there's typically where um you should be learning from somebody looking to somebody like you're mentioning who can encourage you and pull you along challenge you in those ways but at the same time and very um critical to kind of oom ordinary movement as a whole um there are also people who you're inviting along and you're saying hey come follow me while i'm following christ and without that second piece we can kind of become stagnant and kind of plateau, um, you know, if we don't have people that we're pouring into. So we're being poured into ultimately by Christ, but in those intentional relationships that you're, you know, demonstrating have been fruitful for you. And then out of all of that, we overflow into other people who really are learning those same lessons that, that, that we have along the way. Um, so I would yeah. just encourage anybody that's listening. If you don't have anybody in your life challenging you, pouring into you, you need to find that. And you could probably think of somebody right now, just take a moment to think about who it is that you might want to ask and say, Hey, do, would you mind meeting just once a month, like coffee, like just start something mm -hmm. where you can begin to receive and submit to an authority. Cause a lot of times when we put ourselves as the authority, right. We're, it's a comfortable space and we're like, oh, okay, like, I can manage my own difficulties and my own struggles on my own. I got my little box here, but I think we we uh, inhibit the potential that God has for us and the places that He wants to grow us into out of that little box by doing those things. So that's yeah, huge, hundred percent, man. And I will be remiss if I didn't mention my campus minister and undergrad, Donnell Woodson. Oh yeah, uh, shout out Donnell. Yeah, <laughs> and then my senior year, uh, Charlene Brown, and so. Yeah, man. Like they they also modeled what it meant to be um, mm. a great mentor and to to pursue people to disciple them. And I hundred percent agree. Like you know, um, yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of times, yeah, we can sit and wait for that person to drop out of the sky. Mm. And I hundred percent agree. Like pursue that person. Like they they actually might be thinking in their head, and you know, oh, you know what? I want to. I want to mentor Cyril. I want to pour into Cyril, but ah, I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to presume that I'm that position in their life where they mm-hmm. think of me in that way. And uh, yeah. sometimes it just takes you telling somebody like, Hey, like I really look up to you and respect you. Can, can, can I, can you, can I meet with you and, or yeah. can, can, can I just be around you? And that person might've been like, man, I've already been praying for you. And I've already Sweet. been asking the Lord to do, to bring this moment, you know? So you just never mm-hmm. know. It could just literally be the Lord's already set it up. He's already got it laid out and all you got to do is 100%. just jump in, you know? I'm going to, I'm going to go a step further and say he is doing it. He's doing it right now. And That's like good. Yeah. right now, as you're listening to this, text that person that he put on your mind and see what the Lord will do through you taking that step. And, uh, on the other side of that is, is just like a greater place of freedom in Christ and, uh, relationship that we need. Uh, we're not meant to, to fight alone. We're not meant to run alone. Um, we need each other in that, in that whole thing. So do it now. Um, do it. one thing, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> we have, uh, I don't want to take up to, you know, your whole day, but I do want to hear about this book, this resource, because, uh, as I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, this, there's definitely gotta be some great testimonies of what this is being used for. Um, you wrote, looks like you wrote a book called the Bible explained. Tell me a little bit about that inspiration behind it and how it plays in, you know, in with the, um, RUF and, and yeah, tell us all about it. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for bringing it up. I get, I have a copy right here. Let's see the Bible explain. Oh, there it is. Fresh. Yes. Um, man, and really the book grew out of my burden for discipleship, like wanting to see people grow up in Jesus. And, mm. uh, I remember the kind of the first time it popped in my head to, um, to do this was, when I was doing a freshman game night on campus. Well, actually it wasn't on campus. It was through Zoom because COVID was going mm. on. And I remember uh, we were doing Black Card Revoked and we were going to talk about a prize. Or I was trying to decide of a prize. And they were like, what's the prize? <laughs> and I said, um, you know, I didn't have anything in mind. I said, uh, I'll buy you a Christian book. And they're like, okay, cool. So one of the students wins. <laughs> Her name's Deja. And so she um, messaged me through GroupMe the next day. She's like, hey, Cyril, um, do you have an idea of what Christian book I can buy? And I was like, yeah, sure. Let me look. And I was just really trying to think of something that had an HBCU student in mind, that demographic, and also kind of introduce them to the basics of the Christian faith, just mm-hmm. at a, a really basic level. And it was really, I had a hard time finding a book that I wanted to recommend. And so uh, another experience I had was we had someone who had just recently committed to following the Lord. Um, and we were meeting up and we were just going through uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism. That's a old school discipleship material from mm-hmm. like 1600s wow. uh, for, for the listeners. And we were going through it. It's like a question and answer format. And we were going through the Bible together. We were reading um we started reading the beginning of Genesis and we started to read, I think we read, she read all of Mark and we started reading Revelation a little bit. And I was just like, man, I really wish there was some resource that, uh, or I said, I really wish I could do this with all our students. And mm. I said, you know, shoot, I might write a book on this just so we yeah. can have a resource to do this. And she was like, you should. And I was like, you know what? I should. So You know what? I will. <laughs> right. I will do that. <laughs> so basically it, it kind of goes over the basics of the Christian faith, basic Christian beliefs. Hmm. So it goes over um, 
who God is, who we are, what's went wrong with the world, and who Jesus is, mm. his person, his work, and what it means to be saved and all the blessings he brings to us. It also goes over in the, in the first part of the book, scripture and what the Bible is and the place it has in the life of the believer. Hmm. So it's just like, man, if I can, I, it almost is like creating a curriculum for college students. Like what are the basics yeah. that I would want a, a Gen Z college student to know after being a part of this ministry for four years? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to try and put it all in a book. So that's basically what it. That's great. What the book is. That's a great resource and a great uh, um, inspiration there to see that need and then almost just create you know that with with that in mind and um, I'm sure lots of people will continue to benefit from that. Um, you mentioned Gen Z. Like, what do you feel like on your campus ministry? What are, what are some of the biggest challenges you face right now in terms of? you know, the work that you're doing? Yeah, man, that's a good question. Man, I mean, a lot, but I think some of the biggest ones, some of the most pressing ones, and I think most important ones, I think number one is just people are lonely. Hmm. Like, I think people don't have friends. They want friends. They want community. They they want to belong. And God created us for this. God created us for meaning relationships with other people uh, he, when we, when we were created in the image of God, he didn't, he didn't just create us as individuals to image God. He created humanity in God's image, like together as yeah. a collective humanity, we image God and all of our diversity and beauty and unity. Mm-hmm. And so people were just are hardwired for relationships. And so part of it is just like being a friend of people, like having a good conversation with people actually being curious about people like that is that is countercultural that is radical nowadays yeah to actually be in person with someone and be curious like sincerely curious about them yeah like that's huge you know <laughs> yeah we, we're too busy taking selfies we're taking yeah. a lot of selfies i'm guilty too i take a lot of selfies i'm just a selfie selfie master at this point but <laughs> You know, yeah, man. I mean, be more curious and be more and and, and that's real. I think that we find ways to have connection, and I think in a certain degree, like technology is a beautiful thing in that it connects us to other people, but also like it can't substitute for real relationships in person, Mm -hmm. embodied relationships with people. Yeah, Um, I think the second thing that they struggle with is just trying to when it kind of comes to christianity itself mm-hmm. trying to figure out is this a religion number one that makes a difference in my life like will it actually change things for me will it actually meet the pain and needs that i'm feeling my mm-hmm. hunger for god my hunger for um just a plethora of things and also mm-hmm. secondly is this for black people like i think a lot of students kind of they have already concluded in their minds that Christianity is like white man's religion and hmm. it's held black people back for so long and hmm. we really just need to get past that in order to elevate as a people. And so I feel like that's a big apologetic question is like, how is Christianity compatible with black freedom and black uplift and mm-hmm. black concerns? Mm-hmm. And so I spent a good bit of time not only teaching the Christian faith, but also trying to throw in nuggets where it's like, hey, you see this? 
teaching or this aspect of who Jesus is, mm. this is how it relates to that concern and that question mm. that you have. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, and people um, almost like if they're if they're not um, a Christian, um, then they have a preconceived notion about who Jesus is. You know, typically if you're in in the U.S., you know, you've heard of religion or you've had some sort of interaction, and you've either decided, hey, like if that's what that's about, then I'm not about that. And so mm-hmm. a lot of like what I hear you saying is the challenge of actually presenting who Jesus really is, and it's not ritual and it's not you know, religion, it's a relationship. And, you know, in this generation where we have sort of identity crisis and difficulty, you know, I would imagine it's difficult to like communicate, look, come as you are, but you, you, if you encounter the living God and Jesus, you leave changed, like we're, we're called Mm -hmm. to, right. And he did that. He pinpointed every single thing. Like, when the when the rich man came and he and he's like, hey man, I do this, I do this, I do this. Like I'm 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 good. What else do I need to do? And he's like, sell everything you have. And he's like, oh, but not that, not that. <laughs> right. Just, yep. Ah, no. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> I feel yep. like uh, I feel like that's it. Right. It's like we don't fit Jesus into like what our paradigm is. Like we come and we accept and we are changed from the inside out he renews our mind right gives us pure heart um gives us clean hands like he changes us he's the standard and so i'd imagine that's like something we could be praying about and uh for your ministry and and um and supporting you in that way man i appreciate that yeah 100 percent, man and i think like you you mentioned you mentioned something important kind of lately i've been telling people one of the most controversial teachings of the Bible nowadays, I think Mm. is the necessity of the church. Like the fact that when we meet Jesus, we are part of something bigger than ourselves, like Mm -hmm. something, a community much bigger than ourselves. And, you know, I I totally understand uh, what we mean when we say like, uh, you know, Christianity is is a relationship. It's not it's, it's not about religion. Like, mm-hmm. amen. If religion means like working your way to God, or yes. just empty yes. empty ritual, or just showing up and doing going through the motions because of whatever. Mm-hmm. But also trying to press into students, like, wait, but when you say that, you also have to realize that Christianity has a set body of beliefs. Like, mm-hmm. it you have to go outside of yourself and into a community that's bigger than yourself. There's like set rhythms. Like Jesus has set up leaders and like they are supposed to have official duties and Mm. we're supposed to set people apart and like there's this whole bigger community not only now but across space and time like people have been talking about jesus and following jesus and discipling for two thousand years at this point and so like i think that's that's like really strange to students Mm -hmm. but also i think it's really freeing because it's like oh i'm just not out here by myself, like I'm, I'm a part of like a much bigger thing that's ancient, that's rich, that's historic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think students, I, I think in general, like this generation is really spiritually hungry. Like I think, yes. I really do think like people talk to me like, man, you're ministering to Howard students, man. It must be so hard to give them like the Bible. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know they're just probably et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just like, nah, man, they're, they're like hungry. Like, yeah. Some of the things that we think would be outlandish to that generation, they're just like, okay, 
Like, yeah. <laughs> we're open, you know? Like, when yeah, I talk about yeah. Jesus being God, they're just like, okay, like, right, let's it, let's it. wrestle cool. with it. And yeah. when I talk about, like, the Holy Spirit and, uh, like, laying your life down and sacrifice and service, they're just like, all right, like, we're hungry, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so yeah, I, I really wonder if this, if this next generation is just going to be, like, almost, like, <laughs> I don't know what, what what's a good word for it. I was about to say like super biblical or like old school or but there's just, just orthodox like Christianity. Run like, with it, like take it and run with it, basically. Instead yeah. of like where it's sort of been like this, it's sort of been like this, you know, old school versus a new school tension, like you know, from I guess maybe like a revolution uh, to to now. Whereas like, oh, this is the way my parents did it. And so I'm kind of going away from that or this and that. Right. But like maybe this generation, like you're saying, is like open to basically go like, no, what does the word of God say? Like what, right. how do we align ourselves with that? And like, oh, bet. like I'm just going to run the race that is set before me then. Peace. Yep. Like, that would be amazing. I think we can yep. uh, definitely thinkers, pray that like, way. They want to know why. So they're like, take me to the source. Like, I know mm. my parents said, I know what I see on social media. I know mm-hmm. what I hear, but take me to the source. I want to know for myself, you know? Yeah. Well, that's so cool. Yeah. We'll be praying that more hungry students come and just come out of everywhere. And they're just like, just continue to be hungry for the word of God. And thank you for what you're doing there, man. I appreciate that, man. And I appreciate the prayers. Um, yeah. What are some yeah, other bro. ways we could support? I mean, we'll link the the book in the description, but what are some other ways that listeners can support your ministry and connect with you? Man, so you can follow me on social media. I try and do a good job of of keeping up with it. Um, so you do, I'm, you do. Man, we we'll appreciate it. On Instagram, um, C V Chavis. So basically, my first two initials and my last name. And uh, same thing on Twitter. I, my, my Twitter was dormant for a while, so I'm just like starting to pick up my Twitter again. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, man. And you can also follow me uh, through RUF's website, www.ruf.org backslash or is it forward slash just whatever whatever, whatever the normal slash is splash okay <laughs> whatever that normal slant thing is whatever that's called and then type in cyril or howard and you can find me <laughs> that's great well thank you so much man thanks for uh being willing to connect and um say yes to to coming on and sharing it's been really encouraging and i see i can already see like i'm just going to be praying about what god has because i feel like there's just a, a symbiotic thing going on, right? And kind of at a different phase of life where you're starting to disciple people. And then, you know, maybe as they come out of that college and you and we both know the, the, the challenges change, right? That life doesn't get any easier when you, when you mix in marriage, you mix in kids, and now there's all mm-hmm. these other dynamics. And to be able to go back and be rooted, right? Rooted in truth, like, like you are helping them to do is huge. But then as they, as they become older and, and things change, the needs for disciples making disciples goes on. And so that's what we're all about. That's what we love to do. So I love the connection and I love to stay, stay connected with you. Man, absolutely. I would love to stay connected, man. And I really appreciate y'all's ministry. I love it. Disciples making disciples. I really think that the future of, of Christianity rests in the hands of those who understand the faith and are willing to pass it down to the next generation, man. So I love what y'all are doing. That's Thanks, awesome, Aaron. Man. Yeah, thank you, man. Hey, but I can't let you go before we ask our three 
we call it the big three. And by we, okay. I mean me. I call it the big three because at the end of the episodes, <laughs> we, you, you know, probably like 20% of the time, we ask our guests these three questions. So you are going to be one of the lucky ones that get to answer the big three. Yeah. Number one is if you could time travel anywhere, where would you go and why? Ooh. Um, is oh, Does it have to be in the past or could it be the future? It could be future. Is This okay. is open. You're a time traveler now. Okay. I would do, if Jesus hasn't come back yet, 100 years into the future. Okay. Just because I'm curious. What? <laughs> what if you go 100 and he still hasn't come back? Yeah, I mean, Dude, yeah, I'm like, like, I'm like, right. bring it, come on, what's <laughs> happening in 100 years in the future? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, hopefully, um, hopefully, we hopefully we have jetpacks by then and like affordable hover scooters hey, and stuff. You know That'd the be jet, great. The jetpacks are coming, man. They have them for uh, like military. The military started looking to them. Man, that's cool. I'm, I'm, man, I'm trying to be like the Mandalorian, you know? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. I'll send you some videos on jetpacks. Uh, right. Question number two: You can only eat one thing the rest of your life. What are you choosing? Oh, one thing. Shrimp scampi. Ooh, okay. You're I, fancy. I love, I love noodles. I love noodle dishes because they fill you up and they're easy to eat. With like some seafood, I love it. Mm-hmm. Good one. Uh, and the last one, question number three is: If you could give younger you one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, that's good. The first thing that always comes to my mind is telling my younger self, like, chill out. <laughs> and I know, like, that's so cliche and everyone yeah. says that. But maybe to like dial it or like dial it in a little further, I would tell my younger self like, and I tell myself this now and I need to tell myself this in the future. It's like pick <laughs> one or two things and dive into those two things. Don't try mm. and do everything. Don't get excited about everything because mm. um, the Lord is going to give you burdens and vision and excitement for a lot of things. Just yeah. pick the things you're going to invest yourself in uh, narrowly. Yeah, that's huge. I love that you t- what you wanted to tell yourself to chill out. Zero, chill out, man. Chill. Right. Not for real. Like, look, in five years, people are going to be asking the same question about me now. And I'm probably going to say the same thing. I'm going to tell myself to chill out. I was right. I'll tell tell 2023 Zero to chill out. That is funny, man. Dude, well, thank you so much for blessing us uh, with your time. And thank you for connecting with us. Uh, It was uh, truly uh, a blessing. And look forward to staying connected with you. For sure, man. Likewise, thank you for the invite. All right, man. Well, we'll see you soon. All right. Peace.